From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And it's amazing how a narrative can shift based on what you expect at the quarterback position because today, a quarterback that one team gave up on is likely to hit the open market and immediately become the most coveted free agent that could possibly be signed. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And Harry, Derek Carr. He, he's not going to waive his no-trade clause. He's not going to extend the deadline. That deadline is, uh, this. Uh, it looks like it's Wednesday, where a bunch of money will be guaranteed that will take him to $40.4 million. So, obviously, they are, are not, they're not going to get to that point. At that, that point, there's no way that the Raiders will let it get to there. So, there's a presumption that Carr's contract becomes guaranteed if he's on the, re- the roster past 4 p.m. Eastern today. So, as a result, the Raiders are expected to cut Derek Carr today and he immediately can sign anywhere for any amount of money with any team. And it's wild that one fan base, a fan base I know well, is ready to give up on a quarterback that other fan bases are saying, oh my God, give me some of that DC. Well, I'll tell you, tell you this. Kudos to Derek Carr. Because why in the hell would I want to help out an organization that is basically taking a dump on me? That there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no reason why I would do that. And I know Derek Carr has, has been there for nine years, but still. Uh, the way things transpired and the way things finished off in Las Vegas this season, if I'm him, I think yeah, I'm taking the right path. I'm, I'm not helping this team out in any way possible. I'm not allowing them to trade me to be able to get a- assets. I'm going to make things hard for the organization because I don't feel like I was done right by the organization at the end of the day. Well, and, and there is some moment in my mind where like, this is no breakup, no divorce, no split up is ever easy, right? And so I'm looking at this and saying, of course, maybe it's just time for the Raiders to move on because, frankly, they're trying to find a way to compete with Mahomes and they don't have that. So they're going to they're going to move on. They're going to figure out what's right for them moving forward. They're going to do what's best for the organization. Realistically, Derek Carr's doing the same exact thing. Like he doesn't yep. owe the Raiders anything. The Raiders at this point, I'm not sure owe them him anything. Like this is just one of those weird moments where mommy and daddy aren't going to be together anymore, and all of a sudden you've just got to sort of <laughs> live with it, right? So for I, I totally agree with you. For Derek Carr, you got to look out for one thing right now, and that's Derek Carr. And for the Raiders, you can't really worry about it because you've already made the conscious decision to move forward. So you've just got to get comfortable being exes, and that's what's going to happen today, right? Yeah, and and it's like that sometimes, Fitz. You know, the two, t- the two the two sides decide that they want to you know split up, and Derek Carr go his way. The Oakland, I mean, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders go in their You're direction. Fine in the jar. It's a dollar, exactly. I know. Uh, they're going to figure out what they what direction they want to go in. The thing is, uh, the thing about it to me is that what direction are the Raiders going in? Right. If you're not going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, who was already with Josh McDaniels at one point when they were in New England together, are you going to go the draft route? Right. Are you going to do it that way and try to build this thing collectively? Um, Otherwise, I don't know what they're doing. What's their mindset? Because I thought Derek Carr, uh, even though he didn't have the best a year, but he is a franchise guy. And we do have other franchises out there that would that would die for a guy like Derek Carr on their team, on their roster. You look at teams like the Jets who, you know, the quarterback position was the, were their Achilles heel last season. They would love to have a guy of his caliber on their roster right now. What I think is interesting, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, 
it really hits me that I understand both sides and the value for both sides. This is this is the most important because what what's happening right now is Raiders fans want to trash Derek Carr and Derek Carr fans want to trash the Raiders. For me, I understand if I'm Mark Davis, why I'm looking around and saying, man, we just keep running this thing back and it's not working and Patrick Mahomes is who Patrick Mahomes is. We spent all day yesterday talking about the fact that for a decade, Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to do what he's been doing possibly. So if you're the Raiders, you're looking at it and saying, well, we're competing with Mahomes, we're competing with Herbert, we need to try something different. I actually understand that logic. In the same breath, I can say this. I genuinely believe Derek Carr on the right team can be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I believe he has the skill set. I believe he has the intelligence. I believe he has the toughness. I believe he plays the game well enough with the right weapons around him and a good defense. I believe a team can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. I also believe the Raiders were never going to win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. So, like, as much as we want to make it one versus the other, I think the split's the right thing to do here. And if I'm a team like the Jets, I'm looking at Derek Carr saying, man, this guy can take me to the promised land. I want in on that. And I'll tell you, Fitz, Derek Carr is an unbelievable human being. I think he is a good quarterback in the National Football League. I had the luxury of being able to work out and train with him uh, for, for a few weeks when I was out there in Oakland at the time when the Raiders were still out there. And uh, a guy that I still keep in contact with from time to time, and he always, as soon as I text him, he texts me, texts, texts me right back. But – all this time I, we've been I, working together, you've never gotten me a Derek Carr signed jersey. I mean, but, 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 that's but what I just the, heard. Go ahead. Here's the thing. I'm going to ignore you right there. No, yeah. here's, here's the thing, though, Fitz. <laughs> I want Derek Carr to be in a situation where he's not looking over his shoulder and wondering what the organization is going to do. Are they going to get rid of me? I, I want someone to be invested in Derek Carr and say, you know what? He's our guy. He's going to be the one to propel us. We're sticking with him. We're 100% sold on D. Carr. I don't think that has that was the last three years when it came to the Raiders. I, I totally agree with you, and I think that does make a difference, and it matters. And frankly, you know, I, I keep looking at this moment back in 2016 when Carr was having an MVP-type season. He was putting up great numbers, and he had Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper, and we've seen what he can do, and he has good wide receivers with him. Look at the year Devontae Adams had this year, right? Like, Derek Carr knows how to make the best. He knows how to get wide receivers paid. And what's amazing to me is in that moment, all of a sudden comparisons were being made very early in his career to why he could be the next Aaron Rodgers. And so all of a sudden he gets a huge contract and people start looking at him differently. I don't really care about the money that, that he's made. I don't care about the money he will make. I don't care about the contracts in these situations. I just ask myself, can this quarterback lead a team? And when you see Derek Carr in the last two minutes of the game, you know that he's capable of doing that. When you see Derek Carr with good weapons, you know what he's capable of. Yeah, does he have a couple of games a year that you look around and say, what the hell was that? Of course, I've watched him. I've watched every snap of Derek Carr's career. I've lived the ups and the downs of Derek Carr. But also, situations matter. Coaching matters. The roster matters. Like Maybe if he's not put in a situation where he has to be the winner of every single game in every possible way, maybe things break differently for him. You take a team like the Jets, we keep using as this example, that have young, great weapons, that have a running back that when he's healthy, I believe you can really rely on, that have a top five defense. Man, whoever plays quarterback there is going to be in an advantageous situation out of the gates that's far better. Like right now, any quarterback having to decide between playing for the Raiders and the Jets would pick the Jets because the roster is flat out better. So why would the quarterback not be more successful in that situation? Well, I'll tell you two teams that I have in, in, in my mind that, that will be drooling over a guy like Derek Carr. You mentioned one of them in, in the New York Jets, right? 
Uh, the other one I would say is the Washington Commanders. Mm. Those two teams drastically change with a quarterback like Derek Carr and his caliber. You talk about the young pieces that the Jets have. Look at the young phenom pieces that they have offensively. When you talk about Terry McLaurin, you talk about Jahan Dawson, you talk about Curtis Samuel, also Logan Thomas, and you look at Brian Robinson, what he was able to do at the running back position after getting shot this season early on uh, during the training camp uh, stage. They have some pieces as well. Now, they do have Chase Young that has to step up tremendously this season. But those are two teams in my eyes that would drool over having a guy like Derek Carr. That's the only reason that I'm a little surprised the trade wasn't aggressively gone after. Because I believe that when Derek Carr hits the open market, there will be a bidding war. There are enough teams that need a quarterback that he is going to get paid. And he has all the power in this situation, which Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, said on NFL Live, he loves I just love the fact that a player has all the power about where he goes. Uh, very rarely do you get this opportunity, but a no-trade clause for Derek Carr, he'd have to approve any move that was made by the Raiders and another team. And why not be a full free agent? Why not have the whole gambit of the league, whoever needs a quarterback? And he knows as well as we know that somebody at some point will be starving for Derek Carr's service, which may make them overpay or make $40 million per. So good job on you, D.C. Yeah, I what he just said at the end, overpay 40 million per. I think that people are going to be shocked when they see the amount of money that Derek Carr gets on the open market because not only is he a very good, I'm not going to say he's elite, but not only is he a very good quarterback, he's a very good quarterback in a quarterback thirsty market. That 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 was my thing though. In in a at a position to where teams are thirsty to get a guy that can, you know, hold their offense uh, afloat and more so than afloat that can put their offense on a map more so than it has been already and I just mentioned two teams who can do uh, he can do yeah. that for you, did, have you ever been to like an auction Harry like you just like you know, oh yeah of course yeah like I love going to auctions or like eBay stuff like that but how many times have any of us been in an auction where you're like the max I will pay for this is X amount of dollars and then you get into it and you're like well, I really want it and I'm not gonna let them get it like that is what's gonna happen over like my guy Derek Carr is about like my guy like I know him you know him you never got me a jersey, but uh, your guy Derek Carr is going to be out there eating a bunch of free steak dinners while everybody wines him and dines him. But the proof is all going to be in the sacks of cash that he walks away with. Okay, and speaking of Derek Carr and and love, right? It's Valentine's Day, so what do you say we play a quarterback love connection? And no, we're not talking about Jordan Love. We'll do it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I don't think there's any way the Packers will trade him in the NFC. Mm. And if they do go ahead and trade him, it would be to the AFC. I've never gotten to the end of my contract. So to even think about being in another uniform never really crossed my mind. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The New York Jets are hiring former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. He's got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with. You shouldn't hire Nathaniel Hackett because you think it'll bring you Aaron Rodgers. That's the lesson from the Broncos last year. Aaron Rodgers is the guy that they need on that football team. So this is an outstanding sign to me.
sing it, Harry. I'm so, I'm so in love with you. Somehow green today, baby. You want me to. All right with me. All right, it's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Making that love connection for you. <laughs> Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I might whisper this whole segment because let's be real. Anything you say becomes really uncomfortable for the world when you whisper it. If I say, Harry, I like your shirt, it's not weird. If I say, Harry, not at all. I like your shirt. Now I it's still weird. like I still like it. <laughs> no matter well, what. It's Valentine's Day. Feeling that love connection with my co-host. And we figured we bring that to the quarterback market right now. I got to stop talking like this. It's making everybody just a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> in their cars. I know. Making her no no say yes, yes. All right. So this is what we got going on. A little love connection uh, as we uh, decide which quarterbacks and teams would make the best love connection together. So uh, in honor of the fact that, as we said earlier, it is expected that today by 4 p.m. Eastern, Derek Carr will be cut by the Las Vegas Raiders. If that is what happens, he hits the open market. When he hits the open market, he can make a love connection with a particular team. So let's run through some teams. Devin, you going to play some fancy music for us in the background while we do this. Devin, producer extraordinaire, along with Evan, doing God's work. Let's start with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, is, is it Derek Carr or is it Aaron Rodgers? Hear me out. Like, this is one of those, your elementary school, Harry, you, you remember this, you have, like, the Valentine card, and you got the one girl that you really got your eye on, but yeah. you know you might not stand a chance there, and you got the other one that you know has a crush on you, and you sort of have a crush on them, do you settle? Because Derek Carr might be settling if you think you can get Aaron Rodgers. Which one's the right love connection for the Jets? Well, if I'm the Jets, I'm never going to feel like anybody is out of my league. So I'm shooting for the stars. And if I'm shooting for the stars, I'm going for A.A. Ron Aaron Rodgers, baby. That's what I'm going for if I'm the Jets. Okay, look, I hear you on that. And I'm all in on, you know, you shoot for the stars. But look, the only pickup line I ever had was I'm in the band. So I'm going for mediocrity and taking what I can get. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is absolutely going to be my love connection there. By the way, Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst on NFL Live, said this about the Jets and Rodgers. When I look across the NFL at the teams that need quarterbacks, the Jets are the team that strike me as truly being a good quarterback away from being competitive because of how good that defense is. It makes sense that they would be willing to trade a first-round pick, et cetera, for Aaron Rodgers. But where this gets tricky is if they can't get Rodgers because maybe he doesn't want to go there, maybe he wants to go back, maybe he's going to retire, they need to move quickly because mm-hmm. then they're going to want, say, Derek Carr. So timing becomes everything. They need Rodgers to make a decision fast so that they don't miss out on a second option in free agency. You know, people in hell want ice water, too. Like, you're going to a guy that wants to sit in the dark for four days. He will be on McAfee. He managed to time his darkness uh, appropriately, so I'm sure we'll hear more about what he wants next. Let's go to the next team in this, the Colts. Is there a quarterback love connection for the Colts in your mind? Ooh, yes it is. And hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. If the Baltimore Ravens decide that they do not, they do not want to pay Lamar Jackson, Trade him to the Baltimore, excuse me, to the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going back old school. Trade him to the Colts. Therefore, the Baltimore Ravens will have the number four pick, and they can move rapidly quarterback-wise from there. 
You know what? There's there's some logic to this that actually makes some sense. Look, I think Lamar Jackson should get paid and be the quarterback of the Ravens for the next generation. If Baltimore is not comfortable doing that, you might as well move off of it while you have the most trade value possible. And if you do that, the Colts would make sense with what would be part of the trade because it would take far more than just this. The number four overall pick would put them in a position where they could draft their next quarterback. They could try and address the issue long term because Baltimore's in the same division as, I don't know, Joe Burrow. Seems like that's uh, tough to compete with. You better have somebody. And the Colts with Shane Steichen, their new head coach, just, uh, just being talked about today, coming over was the Eagles' offensive coordinator. You saw what he did with Jalen. And Hurts, he could do the same thing, maybe even better with Lamar, right? And that's why it's attractive to me because Shane Steichen and what he was able to do with Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles. Lamar Jackson is a dual threat guy. I'm looking forward to seeing that if it's possible, if the Baltimore Ravens don't want to pay Lamar. I love that. All right, let's go to the commanders next. Now, for me, there's a love connection here. If Aaron Rodgers ends up a jet, then the commanders should just back up the Brinks truck. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if you got to give him partial ownership of the team. If you're the commanders, you need a quarterback right now. Make it Derek Carr's the best of the rest. Right, like you'd have to take Derek Carr if you're the Commanders. Yeah, I'm going with Derek Carr um, in, in that situation, just because of the young phenoms that I do have offensively. Uh, I think everything else is going to come around. Uh, if they don't land Derek Carr, you still have Jimmy uh, Jimmy G out there, and I mean, you have people on record saying that Sam Howell is their guy until you can get a guy that's better than Sam Howell. So here's the one thing that somebody that knows the North Carolina program told me about Sam Howell and knows the North Carolina program well, knows the coaching there. When Sam Howell was in college, and you can appreciate this, I was told that the coaching given to the wide receivers and the quarterbacks there is literally find green grass. They don't work yep. on actual routes. They just say find green grass. So wait till you see green grass and you throw it. I only say that story because we talked a little bit about that in the draft last year. I think it speaks to the learning curve that you will have if you're Sam Howell trying to learn NFL offenses when your offensive coordinator was telling you to find green grass. Like So it just seems like a huge leap for Howell to be the starter there, right? Well, it's, it's funny. My North Carolina birdie uh, told me the same exact thing. Here's the thing, though. Sam Howell had a year under his belt, and he had an opportunity to be able to learn uh, sitting behind Carson Wentz and also Taylor Heineke. So I give him that year. He might be a lot more knowledgeable now than he was a year ago. Uh, but if they can't find anybody, then they're going to roll the carpet out for Sam Howell. Well, and you mentioned Jimmy T. I'm throwing my beloved Raiders in here because I think we'll have a good idea what the Raiders are going to do at quarterback when free agency opens. Hear me out. They pick right now seventh in the draft, so it's going to take a lot to move up into the top three, and I think you'll have to move up ahead of Indianapolis if you want to assure yourself of getting a top quarterback. I would not be surprised to see quarterbacks go one, two, and three in this draft. I believe that will happen this year. So if that's the case, the one thing I would say is if you think you're going to take somebody like Anthony Richardson or even Will Levis that could take some more time to develop into being an NFL starting quarterback, then you better sign Jimmy G. If the Raiders sign Jimmy G at the beginning of free agency, I think it's a love connection only because it tells me that they're not trying to move up in the draft, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to go Jimmy Garoppolo in this situation as well. And like you just mentioned, right, Jimmy G doesn't have to be the long-term solution. You can also still draft a young quarterback or move back. If you don't like who you who you want to take at the quarterback position at seven, you can actually move back and try to get that quarterback at a later time and still uh, acquire more assets. Uh, to, but I like Jimmy Garoppolo in this spot, him being paired with Josh McDaniels, a guy that he, he was with in New England. 
What about, uh, I mean, because we've talked so much about quarterbacks here, uh, as we get to the Saints on the list, I mean, they're running out of options, right? Like, what, there are the guys left, once we've go, gone through this whole thing, the guys left are the Gardner Minshews, the Jacoby Brissett's. Like, I, I, I don't know, when you look at teams like the 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 – the Saints and their need for quarterback, they're going to have to hope that they can do what the Seahawks did with Geno Smith. I don't think that's as easy as people say it is. Well, I don't have any sympathy for him. I'm here in Atlanta. I played for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, the Saints are our rival. So, I mean, are they going to run it back with Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston's going to be their guy. Oh, my God. All right. Fitz and Harry is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. That was one team that was just in the Super Bowl has a quarterback decision they have to make on their own. Woo! We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And your smart speakers to tell them play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. As you just heard Christine Lisi uh, update everybody in SportsCenter, and we want to make sure everybody is updated at this point. Michigan State will not have any athletic events on campus this week. We don't know how much further out that will go. We don't know what the next is. Obviously, in the grand scheme of things, none of that matters right now as everybody's energies, thoughts, prayers go towards uh, everybody at Michigan State in East Lansing uh, with last night's tragedy. Obviously, the most important thing in this situation is everybody health and safety. We will, over the course of the next several days, update you anytime we have any information on what it means for them from a sports standpoint, but we don't have any additional information as of yet. We do want to acknowledge that. Obviously, it's important for all of us. There is no way to transition from that into having fun, but that's what we're here to try to do. So we're going to do our best to continue a positive focus on great sports stories and have a little bit of fun with you on this Valentine's Day edition of Fitz and Harry. So we've been talking about quarterbacks, Harry, and I think it's important to note that one team that just played in the Super Bowl has a lot of decisions to make right now about their roster and about their quarterback. Now, we asked every, we we went through our love connection, I should say, and gave, you know, what teams we thought had a perfect love connection. We'll let you all chime in. Triple eight say ESPN. 888-729-3776. What's your favorite team's love connection for this coming season? What do you want at the quarterback position? How does it happen? You can you guys can call and chime in. Triple eight say ESPN. 888-729-3776. But Harry, when you look at the Eagles in this analogy, they know who they're married to. They know who they're going to be with. They just found out that who they're married to is going to be a lot more expensive than they thought. That's it. They found out that it's going to cost a lot to be in this in this marriage. And I say rightfully so because Jalen Hurts uh, did a hell of a job this season being the quarterback for this team. Not only being the quarterback, but being the leader uh, of this entire organization and the way he put this team on his back. Especially when this offense struggled at moments throughout the season, they were able to count on him to be that guy. I think he proved a lot of people wrong that he is the, the number one guy in Philly and that they should, you know, moving forward, um, allow him to be paid as such as well. Now, here's the thing about Jalen Hurts. 
he can name his price right now to me. And I think he's a guy that can get, you know, $50 million a year. That's how good he was this season. He was an MVP uh, caliber quarterback, finished second only behind Patrick Mahomes, led this team to a Super Bowl before uh, losing to Patrick Mahomes, who won the MVP. So uh, it's just a matter of what Jalen Hurts wants to do. Does he want to take anything less? Does he want to capitalize on the uh, the top market? And we got to keep in mind, he wasn't a first-round draft pick. He was a second-round draft pick, and he's probably – going to want to capitalize uh, on this moment because he didn't get a chance to have that major uh, massive payday the first time around by being a first round uh, draft pick but also the Eagles on the other side of things they have a lot of decisions they need to make free agent wise Uh, Fletcher Cox Brandon Graham Javon Hargrave Jason Kelsey James Bradbury CJ Gardner Johnson uh, Isaac Samello that one of their offensive uh, linemen Miles Sanders and Marcus Epps those are a lot of people on their roster this season that played meaningful steps and was uh, a I'll say a, a good part of what they were able to accomplish this season. You mentioned something earlier that I think bears repeating here. Uh, coming into this season, I mean, in his first year, uh, there was a a cash paid of two million dollars to him. In his second year, two point five million dollars. Second year, about eight hundred eighty three million. This year, one point one million. You think about the career earnings for Jalen Hurts. This is the first time he has an opportunity to truly break the bank. And I know for a lot of us, you hear seven figures and you think, oh my God. Well, compared to his peers, this is the first time where he has the opportunity to go in and wildly change, not just his life, but generations, right? He has the chance to change his entire family tree, what everybody around him makes. He has the chance to change everything. And there's this moment where as fans, so many people say, well, you should take a discount. You and I have talked about this before. I don't think it's anybody's place to tell somebody that's worked their entire life to get to this spot. Somebody that's been doubted when he was in a national championship game, doubted when he was a Heisman Trophy finalist, doubted when he went into the NFL draft, doubted when he goes into the season. Now you want him to turn around and say, well, you guys have doubted me at every step of the way. I'm going to take less money. Like, this is the (laughs) ultimate up yours moment for Jalen Hurts that he has earned in every possible way. Like, I keep looking at the kid and saying, hey, you have the opportunity now to go out and get whatever you have coming. And I had a couple people yesterday when we were talking about quarterback market that tweeted me. is like, you can't base somebody off of one great year. We do it all the time. And nobody's sitting here saying, well, Justin Herbert's never won a playoff game. He's worth $50 million. Like, we are making wild and stupid comparisons when it comes to this. If Justin Herbert is worth $50 million a year, then you tell me how Jalen Hurts isn't. Right place, right time, on a great season, my guy deserves every penny he gets. I also think, though, when it comes to Jeffrey Lurie and also Howie Roseman, how they do this contract. We see the Patrick Mahomes contract and how for the duration of that contract, it's out. It's, it's through a 10-year 10, 10 period. So they, they're able to have some flexibility in doing some things and putting other pieces around them. I'm interested to see, are, are they going to try to lock Jalen Hurts up for 8 to 10 years so they can try to find some ways to, you know, you know sign, re-sign guys, add more people? And we also have to remember they do have two first-round draft picks. Now, they're not going to take a quarterback there because Jalen Hurts is their guy. But some of the guys that you, you know, that they're probably going to lose free agents free agency wise they can probably replace with those two first round draft picks and throughout the duration of the draft and also bringing in other guys free agent wise that's going to be less money than probably what those guys are going to demand they're going to have to be smart and this is just what we constantly say it's not that you can't win once you play pay your quarterback again there's absolutely no proof of that but it is that you better be able to do everything else well like this just puts more pressure like we talk about pressure all the time on players this just puts more pressure on the organization you can't miss in the draft on the organization 
situation. Just like you can't miss as a quarterback in the Super Bowl, you can't miss as Howie Roseman in the draft. That's all this does. You guys want to chime in on the Love Connection, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The Love Connection you want for your favorite team, Donovan in Virginia Beach. Thanks for calling the show. What you got? What's going on, man? Hey, I know what's going on right now. I'm a Raiders fan, but... You cannot get rid of the Derek Carr Devontae Adams connection because we've seen it with the first game of the year. Ten catches for like a buck forty. Then we've seen that throw against the Chiefs, man. He put it right in the bread basket. And then we've seen that game winning drive, that, that, that walk off touchdown pass against the Broncos in the first year. You cannot get rid of Devontae Adams say he's the reason why I'm here. And how many Hall of Famers say Derek Carr is not the problem? I'm not blaming nobody. This regime and this team need to come together and stop playing because if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, and let's say Jimmy G goes to the Dolphins or the Broncos, I mean, or the Buccaneers, who are we going to get? You going to trust a rookie quarterback in the middle of all these players' prompts? Just bring back Derek Carr, man, and go get Bo Nix next year. If you want to get new, a new quarterback, draft Bo Nix from Oregon, man. Well, I, I will say this, though, Fitz, and, and I understand everything that he's saying. Uh, when I told you guys I had an opportunity to go out there and, and, and work out with Derek Carr in, in Oakland at the time, another guy that was out there was – one of his best friends in Devontae Adams. And it was at that moment that I said to myself, at some point, these guys are going to play together in their career because I've seen the chemistry. They play together in college. They do just about everything together. And it's just weird to me that Devontae Adams comes over this season and then after one year, they don't want Derek Carr to be their quarterback. Like, it, 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 was, it was a little weird to me as well. Yeah, Donovan, I, I don't disagree with anything Donovan said in the timing of all this, but the damage is already done. Like, I, you're, just, you're not going to be able to bring Derek Carr back. There's been too much. Uh, oh, th- yeah, he's not coming back. Right, right, right. There's just nothing that can be done that's going to rebuild this relationship. He'll, he'll get the opportunity to play somewhere else, and both he and his brother have made it clear that that's what they want. I will say this, though. I, I hear everybody on Devontae. You want when's the last time? Let's say let's say the Raiders move up in the draft and they take CJ Stroud or Price Young or somebody like that 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 people think is going to be a day one starter in the NFL. When's the last time a day one starter in the NFL came in as a quarterback and had Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs on their offense? Like Ooh. that you we always talk about if you think you got your guy, you got a responsibility to get him weapons. What about when you've when when you've already got the weapons and you're putting a guy into that situation? Like can I say this, though? Yeah. I, I got to be honest with you. Most veteran wide receivers, they don't want no rookie quarterback. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Well, I don't want I, no rookie I, quarterback I, either, but what's I, I understand rookie quarterbacks, a lot of, some of them could be phenomenal, but in actual reality, veteran wide receivers, especially like Devontae Adams, they don't want to go in and say, you know what, we got a rookie quarterback next year. Uh, That's just the reality of it. He's right, and it's just killing my hopes and dreams. All right, one NFL team has already made a huge move today. We'll tell you what it means for their MVP quarterback next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer Harry Douglas. Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer Harry oh, my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Oh, you got to use a K. Respect. That's what I, that's what I did. Respect. The respect. With some I, respect. I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Now that we're together, 
little air supply for you, Harry Douglas. For reasons I think we both know, I don't expect you to be familiar with the air supply catalog. That reason being I'm older than you, obviously, but uh, <laughs> the early 80s were dominated by... I'm just telling the world now, do yourself a favor. When you get in the car today, pull up Making Love Out of Nothing at All. Listen from the very first note all the way to the last minute, or last second to five minutes of just absolute 80s power ballad monstrosity. Now, what's, what's the name of the song again? Uh, the Making Love Out of Nothing at All. Honey, and you some, hear that? Uh, yeah. I'll, be up, I'll be upstairs after the show, honey. You hear okay, that? Okay, yeah. Well, it's not that kind. It's not like a lovemaking song. It's more of a, uh, yeah, it, it's an anthem. It's an anthem. Uh, <laughs> uh, we like to give you all the anthems here on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're also on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Some big news in the NFL came today, and it's big because of it's a hiring that we've all had our eyes on. Ravens have hired Todd Munkin to be their offensive coordinator. Now, before anyone rolls their eyes at an offensive coordinator hire, let's remember Remember, it wasn't that long ago, HD, that Harbaugh told us that there would be involvement in this decision-making process for Lamar Jackson, right? So Lamar Jackson was supposed to be part of it. They've now decided on Todd Munkin. And all eyes are not going to be just on what it means for the offense, but also on what it means for their relationship with their quarterback. And as soon as I heard this hire, you know, I had to go into my phone book and, you know, hit up somebody who knows Todd Munkin very, very well. Uh, while he was in Tampa Bay as an offensive coordinator, his head coach there was Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter I played for um, in Atlanta. He was my offensive coordinator. And I asked him about Todd and what he was going to be able to mean to the Baltimore Ravens. And he literally said this, really, really, really good guy, good coach, quarterback wide receiver guy he will bring the Ravens pass game into this century I thought that was very very big and also he said Mike Evans Chris Godwin and Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was down there in Tampa loved Todd Munkin and uh Dirk Cutter literally talked to Munkin yesterday so I like this move for the Baltimore Ravens because I do feel like their offense was lacking a lot in the pass game now Todd Munkin to be able to bring that thing up to sorts and we can't ignore what he was able to do the last two years at Georgia winning back-to-back national championships with Stetson Bennett as the quarterback and how he helped Stetson elevate his play as well. Can I loudly say here too whatever the problems have been with the Baltimore Ravens offense and the way it's constructed a lot of fans are putting squarely on the shoulder of Lamar. I don't agree with that at all. All the way down to my core. We watched Lamar. You saw Lamar. I covered college football enough with Lamar at Louisville to see what he can do in a dynamic offense. Whatever the Ravens have decided to do with him at quarterback is as much about coaching staff decisions as anything else, right? Like, it's not a liability on Lamar. So, you know, I, I think this will be interesting to see if this is enough to keep him. Well, Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But I think it's a step in the right direction for the Baltimore Ravens, right? They had to make some changes offensively. And I thought the organization has has failed Lamar Jackson as far as his growth as a quarterback. Um, you know, n- not a knock on anything that Greg Roman uh, did before that. But when it, com- when, it can- when it comes to today's game, I just don't think you can just line up uh, all the time and run the football the way, the way they ran that football and not have the pass game be an uh, integral part of what you want to do from that standpoint, from an offensive standpoint. Now you have a guy in Todd Munkin in, in which they ran the football effectively at the University of Georgia. So it's not like he's going to abort the run, but he's going to be able to bring a sense of the pass game. It's 2023. He's going to be able to bring a sense of the pass game to this offense. Now the Ravens, the other thing they have to do is be able to get him another weapon or two on the outside to complement Todd Munkin being hired as the offensive coordinator. I mean, here's the thing, though, Harry. When I think about Lamar, and I'm going to ask you very clearly, as somebody that played the game, 
Do you believe that Lamar Jackson can be a top all-around, not running quarterback, just a top all-around quarterback in the NFL? I do. I do. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Louisville alum. He's a Louisville alum. But I know his head coach that he played for at Louisville because I played for him at Louisville as well and Bobby Petrino. And the narrative that Lamar Jackson isn't a good passer, he can pass the football. You just got to put them in situations. Your offense has to be able to innovate and it be, be to that standpoint so he can do so. If he doesn't have weapons around him, how is he going to thrive? How is he going to grow as a quarterback? Now I think that's the next thing on the Baltimore Ravens list. Well, and that's why, like I said, there, there are a group of Ravens fans out there that are on social media sometimes that are uh, loudly screaming about the fact that Lamar isn't a guy you can pay because he's limited. It, like He limits what an offense can do. I would argue that the Ravens have been equally, if not more, complicit in limiting Lamar than vice yep. versa. Like at some point, what did we see from you know the Eagles? What have we seen from from teams in general that want to figure out if they've got their guy with, with the Jags? What did the Jags do? They looked at Trevor Lawrence and they said, "Man, we better invest on everybody around Trevor Lawrence to maximize Trevor Lawrence because we believe in Trevor Lawrence." I'm still waiting for the day that the Ravens do that at all with Lamar Jackson. It's like they found a path that would help them win football games by putting everything on his shoulders. Have they ever tried a simple path that lets him just be a quarterback? Because I've seen him do that. So why is it that we sit here and imply that Lamar's a problem when I would imply that the Ravens are the problem with Lamar, not vice versa? Well, you look at what you know the Jacksonville Jaguars did with Trevor Lawrence and what they put around him. You also look at the Eagles and what they put around him. You look at the Buffalo Bills and how Josh Allen struggled early on yep. before they got Stephon Diggs and put guys around him. You look at what the Cincinnati Bengals were able to do with Joe Burrow. You look at Patrick Mahomes when he came into the league. He had guys there to assist him as well. Now, don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal, but he had guys there to assist him and make plays for him. You look at Justin Herbert with the Chargers. The only man left out right now that we're talking about from a young quarterback perspective uh, that's on an upper echelon scale is Lamar Jackson. So Baltimore Ravens, you see my watch right here? You're on the clock. Time to get them some playmakers. You're on the clock, my man. Yeah, I mean, like, look at what Cincinnati's done with Joe Burrow and the amount of people that they're going to have to pay to keep around Joe Burrow. And, and it just makes me constantly think about the conversation we have about Lamar and the, the fact that the conversation is different. And let me let me say this loudly. We had a, a heated debate on this show yesterday on whether or not Patrick Mahomes is the second-best quarterback of all time. Is he the third-best quarterback of all time? I don't think anybody else in the NFL right now should be trying to be compared to Patrick Mahomes because he might be the second-best quarterback of all time. So the question is, do you have a guy that you can win with? I think the answer to that is squarely yes. Now, if the Ravens don't believe they have their guy— there's a very realistic scenario that could send Lamar Jackson to another team. And in fact, in the process of sending Lamar Jackson to another team in a very realistic scenario, it might be best for the player, best for the team, and we have the best fit. We'll tell you what it is next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 